Hi, this is Steve Springer. You're listening to Worshiping God, God's Way. And in this episode, which is episode 20, based on worship stories that we find in the Bible, we're looking at the book of Micah. Now, when you look at the book of Micah, there's a lot of history, a lot of backstory that's going on to this, just like a lot of the books in the Old Testament. But if you look at it just on the surface, just taking a word for word mentality, just saying, I'm just going to read it just for what it is. Sometimes that's a little easier. And God always says something through that way of reading the Bible and just saying, don't be too intense about it or too theological. Just read it and let me speak into your heart. In Micah 6, 6, Israel says something to the Lord, and it caught my eye when I first read it. They said, what can we bring to the Lord? What kind of offerings should we give him? Should we bow before God and then bring offerings of calves and yearlings? And that's in a way, it's saying, God, what do you want us to do? Should we bring praise and thanksgiving and sacrifice? Or should we bow down and worship you in your presence? Now, I've been to staff meetings in churches for a number of years. And typically, normally around the table, people start off with jokes and a little short conversations, short prayers even. And sometimes they get around and they talk about business as usual. You know, they're pretty casual about it. The lead person normally asks some common questions you know, about attendance and Sunday school, and they talk about their feelings, how things went, did the services flow well. They often point out certain things that need to be tightened up or changed. Maybe next Sunday we should do this or do that. But there's always something to work on, so they talk about it. You know, sometimes when you're a new person sitting at that table, you think a little more spiritually than they're used to because they've done this so many times They know the process, and so they don't ask all the questions. They ask some questions, and the answers are normally rather typical. So one time I was in a meeting, and the pastor said, you know, what should we do? And I said, I guess there's a lot to do, but why don't we ask the Lord what he wants to do? That's how we do this. We talk randomly. We go back and forth. And normally we just come up with something because it's a consensus. We all agree something needs to be done. And I said, well, don't you think we could pray and ask God and really see what he has to say? Well, I know that's kind of a spiritual way to do it, but it's also most likely the realistic way to do it because every service is different. Every time people gather in a room together, even though they've done it for many years together, there's always something new in that room. They've Something's happened, something um good, something bad, something that needs to be worked on. And the Holy Spirit knows all that before they even get there. And sometimes we just bypass that because it gets complicated and we don't want to complicate our service. People will say, yes, we need to focus in on these people, but how do we do it? Should we deviate from our plan? Should we deviate from our time process? Some people say, sure, I guess we should do that. That's probably right. We need to be cautious not to replace the Holy Spirit's works with humanistic forms of spiritual government. The simple translation to that is the work of men can't really replace the work of God. So we have to be careful to stay close and centered on the work of God, what the Holy Spirit is doing. Today, people don't really ask, they tell. They tell us sometimes the words that we can actually say. They tell us the songs that we need to sing. 
They'll tell us when our time is up and when things such as prayer need to be injected into the service of events. They plan it all out. They even go as far as to tell us how much time we have in God's presence. You know, in most meetings today, the clock is the ruling factor, as is the pressure to perform for the purpose of social acceptance. The Israelites, they were in a specific place in history, and they came to God and said, what can we bring? You know, today, people's happiness is the tool for monitoring success. If we could get over that type of thinking, we might be able to say, Lord, what can we really bring you this morning? The wheel of man-made guided spiritual government, it continues to turn without little effort. It takes effort to stop that wheel from turning so we can ask the questions, God, should we bow down this morning? And you're going to say, oh, of course you should. Well, do we ever make time for them to do that? Do we stop that wheel long enough so they can do that? And then we say, Lord, what should we bring? So that's turned over to a couple people, like normally the song leader, the worship guy. He gets to pick the songs. And he talks to the pastor. They discuss. They think what songs would work best this morning centered around the message that he's going to bring. But that's not asking God, what can we bring? That's asking the pastor or the song leader, what can we bring? It sounds like we're being a little too spiritual in this conversation, but when you talk about the Holy Spirit and his inventions that he brings to meetings, we need to understand how important that really is. You know, the deviant condition that the Hebrew people were in at the time of Micah is a pretty serious moment in history. Even they had the sense that God had wants, that he had feelings and he has thoughts. And most of all, he desired more than a formulated service because they had one. They had a long history of repetitive services, much longer than ours. As community leaders, we lay out our plans almost like a string of beads, placing the right color in just the right place. We do it so many times we know exactly what will be pleasing to those who come back to look at it again, to see this finely crafted service, this finely crafted ornament. Yet in all of our expertise, which one of us will ask the question, should we bow down? Worship service after worship service, and no one worships. Do you think we should at least ask? It could be that we're afraid of the answer, or we don't think it's necessary. You might say, oh, God doesn't think like that anymore. I think God thinks exactly like that, exactly the way he was thinking when Israel came to him and said, Lord, what should we do? See, this isn't just something we have to deal with. This has been something people have dealt with for centuries. But when we ask, we just go, Lord, Okay, whatever you say, but we don't wait for the answer. We just say no before asking. If someone asks me, are you going to worship today? I would say yes, and I would say intimate worship is the key. It's more than a planned service. I want to worship God, God's way. That's what I would say. Lord, do you want us to worship you right now? Should we bow down? Of course he would say, yes, worship me my way. Worship God's way. Thank you.